Hey there, pilgrims. On this week's dose, we keep the good times rolling with another great trio of startups. Yeah, let the good times roll first with Sharpen, which just raised $11 million in funding led by Learn Capital. Sharpen is an early child education company with the mission to help parents affordably get their children on the right reading path early in their development. Then we'll talk about Simply Homes, a company that's leveraging AI to address the affordable housing crisis, hot off a $22 million funding round led by Gutter Capital and Watch on Capital. And lastly, we'll cover Elon Musk's Neuralink, which just raised an additional $43 million in funding as they continue to push new limits in the brain-computer interface space. Yeah, a great lineup today. It's great to be back in the saddle with you again, partner, as we mm -hmm. move on from the infamous, uh, what will go down in history, 100, episode 100. <laughs> uh, and now we look ahead to, to number 200 for the next milestone. Looking forward to it, partner. Starting right. with this dose 101. Here we go, 101. Venture Pill 101, classes in session. <laughs> <laughs> This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. Okay, first company of Venture Pill 101 is Sharpen, which just raised $11 million in funding led by Learn Capital. Now, Sharpen is an early child education company focused on giving families new ways to identify reading challenges earlier than ever before and provide them with more equitable and affordable access to learning solutions for their children. Yeah, an incredible company with an incredible mission. They believe that all children deserve the opportunity to learn to read and that the predominant wait-to-fail model in the United States could and should be turned on its head. As research shows that the vast majority of kids can learn to read if given great instruction aligned with the science of reading early. Yeah, the science of reading is something that they uh, reference quite a bit on their website, and they have a great team of experts. And we'll link that in our show notes if you're interested. And I think it's important to note that recently since the pandemic, we all know what kind of effect uh, that has had on the education system and industry on our children's development. And so a, a problem uh, bigger than ever, really, and more important than ever. So a little bit more on what they offer at Sharpen. It starts with an early advantage reading assessment for $29 pressed on the website. This is a groundbreaking set of research back assessments that combines your child's early language and literacy development with family history to allow you to assess and monitor your child's reading skills and risk for reading struggles from as early as age two until the start of the third grade. Wow. Yeah, and then after that, they offer the reading program, which is available for $49 per their website, which is effective, easy to use, and engaging and fun. So they have an evidence-based and personalized curriculum to help your child improve a grade level in reading in as little as three months, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, as for the ease of use, they've got a dual-device digital program, so one part of the program that's controlled by the parents and then the other part that's for the kids. 
And they also have parent-led scripted lessons and video demonstrations. And all of this can be done in as little as 15 to 30 minutes a day. And then as for the engagement and fun part, there are over 100 hours of learning content with 35 plus fun digital activities, uh, which I imagine includes a gaming component, really just finding ways to keep young kids engaged and also learning to read and improving their reading skills. Yeah, I think the key there is the earlier kind of like, I don't know, like early detection or uh, preventative maintenance, right? Not, you know, not exactly the same, but this proactive instead of reactive, a common mm -hmm. theme we're seeing in tech companies in venture capital that we've covered across many industries. So just an interesting thread we noticed. And we're really continuing to see education companies leverage technology and innovative philosophies to combat the antiquated systems and ways of teaching upon which we have traditionally relied in, in, you know, really in the United States, but, uh, abroad as well. Uh, education tech is close to my heart. I work for interplay learning. If you haven't heard me talk about it, it's a, it's a great, really cool company, um, fixing the labor shortage through a, a different way of educating through simulation based learning an interactive style of learning. So we love, and I, I especially love education tech. So this one stood out and, um, was pretty unique as well. Yeah, it was a great company that you sniped partner. I also love, and it's hard to ignore all the exciting innovation that's going on in ed tech. And so piggybacking off what you said there, Sharpen is no different and is addressing an underserved market right now in the preschool age demographic. That's a pretty novel component of this. We haven't seen someone start at such an early age. And this feels like something that shouldn't need much convincing for parents to invest $29 or $49 in their child's early education when you consider the fact that it could potentially make a huge, massive difference on their child's learning development and really their, their whole life, all aspects that come from that early education. Yeah, such a key component, a foundational component of education and development. I almost feel that Sharpen is underpricing this. Um, of course, I haven't tried it out or <laughs> have a child that's tried it out, but you know, I think probably their main goal is to get get people in there get feedback, um, get some reviews, testimonials, and then they'll probably want to raise their prices sooner than later as they build more products and, and grow this thing. But to me, that's a no brainer. Like that's not very much money for something that could make a big effect as you just said. Yeah, no, we, we say it a lot, but another one of those expenses that's easy to justify considering the potential benefits and, you know, positive consequences that this investment could have for your children. All right, and for our second company on this week's dose, VenturePill 101, Basics of VenturePill, we have Simply Homes, <laughs> a company that's leveraging AI to address the affordable housing crisis, which just landed a $22 million funding round led by Gutter Capital and Wachung Capital, joined by several investors, including Village Global, Ambush Capital, and more. So let's set the scene here, uh, starting with the problem. This one's well known. The U.S. has long had an affordable housing crisis, and it's been especially exacerbated as of late due to a surge in mortgage interest rates and low inventory. And this is something we even covered on episode 93 in our interview with Ritwick, uh, who's the founder of Krava. But this specific problem is especially acute for lower income families. Yeah, absolutely. And highly recommend you tuning into E93 with Ritwick and, and, a, and a delayed congrats to the team at Krava for their acquisition 
mm-hmm. as well. I know they're still, you know, that's a something to celebrate, but still working hard over there. So check that one out. And, and certainly a problem that they're addressing in a unique way, but that Simply Homes is taking another angle at. So what they're trying to do is buy single family homes in rundown neighborhoods, renovate them to high standards, and then rent them out to very low income families or even the elderly or the disabled, uh, as well as Section 8 voucher holders, low and moderate income families. This was founded in 2020 and was created with the mission of helping people overcome poverty and improve their chances for social and economic mobility. Just a valiant mission and a really cool way of addressing it. Totally. An an awesome mission and a stat that you and I feel like we had to mention here while digging deeper into this startup uh, comes from Stanford economist Raj Chetty, which is that children that are able to move into less impoverished neighborhoods can see a 31% increase in lifetime earnings, an increased likelihood of living in better neighborhoods as adults, and a lowered likelihood of becoming a single parent. Uh, which is, you know, again, just something we felt the need to highlight the the impact that Simply Homes is trying to drive at here is, is incredible and can really change lives. And on that note, the co-founders are firm believers that you can still make money and do good at the same time. There are plenty of people who m- might have certain qualms with capitalism, think that since this is a business, all they care about is making money. Uh, but we also love highlighting on this show mission-based startups, which this is certainly, you know, has has a great mission. But it's also a business, right? So they're finding a way to make money, keep the business afloat, take care of themselves, but also address this huge problem and hopefully help thousands, millions of Americans. Yeah, an awesome combination of mission-based and and uh, an awesome business that investors can get excited about. And so some stats to date. So the startup bought its first home in January of 2023 and is expected to have 108 units or homes in its portfolio by the end of uh, 2023 when we're recording this. So pretty soon. And, and since its first quarter launch, its revenue has grown by more than 50% quarter over quarter. So the proof is in the pudding there. They're helping people out and they're making money while doing so. Exactly. And a little bit more statistics on the users of Simply Homes. Over 80% of Simply Homes tenants are single parents who would need to work an estimated 150 hours per week to afford market rate rent on a home. However, by utilizing HUDs, which is the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, HCV program, which is the housing choice vouchers, using this program through Simply Homes, those families are paying no more than 30% of their income for rent. That's a massive impact. So taking advantage of the government program there uh, and helping all these single parents is just awesome. Um, So they currently operate in Pittsburgh and Cleveland with ambitions to expand into Baltimore as well as other parts of Ohio and St. Louis in the future. The company targets stable markets that aren't susceptible to wild fluctuations in the housing industry. So you can kind of see the trend there if if you know that part of the United States. And I think it makes a lot of sense that they're focusing their efforts in those cities where a lot of their target market lives. And and again, you know, re- reiterating just the, the lack of fluctuation in the markets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Uh, moving on, there were a couple unique features that we wanted to make sure we highlight about Simply Homes. So first off, they have AI-powered property identification. 
So they leverage AI with proprietary algorithms that analyze housing data to pinpoint suitable properties for acquisition with a focus on affordability as well as potential for renovation. And then there's also a focus on quality and stability. So the company prioritizes high quality renovations and ongoing property maintenance to ensure safe and livable conditions for their tenants. Yeah, additionally, they have a heavy focus on communities. So they collaborate with local organizations to connect residents with essential services and resources. And lastly, they have a data-driven approach to tenant selection. Uh, They leverage data analysis to select responsible and qualified tenants who will thrive in their communities. Um, So they're very purposeful about how they're building this, who they're connecting with, where they're building this, and the types of people that they're uh, putting into these homes uh, to make it a long-term success because at these early stages, they're going to need to make sure the homes they're buying are the right ones. They're putting the right people in there so that they can uh, continue to grow these things with, with as little headaches as possible. Mm-hmm. And then as to how the company makes money, a little bit more details on that. They charge a market rate rent for their properties, but reinvests a portion of the profits back into renovations as well as community initiatives And they also utilize a fee-for-service model with housing authorities and nonprofits to manage the rental portfolios and continue scaling and acquiring new property. It'll be really interesting to see how they grow into those new cities and what kind of growth we will see in the unit count. Uh, 100 is something to celebrate, but it's certainly a small dent in the problem. So I imagine they have large ambitions. Um, And if they can maybe quadruple that next year and then quadruple it again, uh, that's going to start to give these investors um, more confidence that they'll get their return and potentially uh, some solid multiples on their investment. Well said. An awesome company doing something great, great mission, and also making money. Uh, Definitely a company we'll have our eyes out for. Hopefully they have an update to come soon. Okay. And rounding out this week's dose, we have Neuralink, which raised an additional $43 million in venture funding bringing total funding to over $300 million for the company, with prominent investors like Andreessen Horowitz and SpaceX involved. So the company hasn't disclosed its valuation recently, but in June, Reuters reported that the company was valued at about $5 billion, so yet another unicorn for Elon Musk's belt. And this valuation follows the startup receiving FDA approval for human clinical trials in May of 2023, so parlaying a lot of good news and fundraising here for Neuralink. Yeah. And before we get into a little bit more on Neuralink, for those that don't know, I just imagine a belt of unicorns around Elon Musk. (laughs) That just makes me think like, you know how you can ask those AI platforms to make an image? (laughs) Yeah. Make an Elon Musk wearing a a belt of unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) Proportionally sized to his his five companies. I don't know. (laughs) Just a sidetrack thought there. But yeah, Neuralink was founded in 2016, and they've devised a sewing machine-like device capable of implanting ultra-thin threads inside the brains. These threads attach to a custom-designed chip containing electrodes that can read information from groups of neurons. So this brain-computer interface, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. We certainly have mentioned it on the pod uh, in the past And actually, I think it's worth mentioning as well that I recently actually met someone who works for Neuralink in Austin, uh, and he was telling me that he was like one of the main guys leading the charge, building this just unfathomably complex machine. 
one truly one of its kind um, in the whole world. And, you know, key differentiator for Neuralink. Uh, you've got top engineering talent working with top neuroscientists to make sure that this is feasible and possible, um, something that's never been done before. Yeah, totally. I mean, that must have been awesome meeting that guy at Neuralink and another one of those companies where you and I might get in a little over our head trying to mm -hmm. understand the specifics, but at large, one of those companies that gets us just so excited about venture capital, potential paradigm shifting, life-changing technology and purpose here and hard to not be excited and admire what Elon Musk is doing here. And so as we just mentioned, the company has created a generalized brain computer interface to restore autonomy to those with unmet medical needs today, as well as unlock human potential tomorrow. And we'll get into some of the potential applications, but currently they're focused on giving people with quadriplegia and other neurological disorders the ability to control their computers and mobile devices with their thoughts. And in the future, they hope to restore capabilities like vision, motor function, and speech to those in need, those with other neurological disorders. Yeah. And I think a lot of people's first thoughts go to, wow, this is scary. Like what, what are the ethics? And we'll get into that too. But uh, I think it's important to note that at least for now, uh, the mission is to, to help people in, in the most need and very specific applications. So it's not like people, you know, next year are going to be getting, you know, brain chips, like they have iPhones and, and kind of this <laughs> right. black mirror type of vision that we all have. I think it's going to be slow. Of course, those are concerns that are valid for the long term. But initially, the use cases are very specific and for people in need with, with these conditions. Um, so, so far, they've had some great success. Um, they've implanted and recorded brain activity in non-human primates. They have ongoing animal testing and development of new implant prototypes continually. Um, but they are facing ethical concerns as well as reg regulatory hurdles regarding human trials. Yeah, and understandably, right? I mean, you, you touched on it just now, but with technology like this that certainly has the potential to be used in a bad way or fall into the wrong hands, as well as just at large, right, implanting something into the brain, lots of room for potential controversy and regulatory issues. I think I was even reading with the animal testing, there was some controversy on how ethically it was tested on. I think it was, a, it, it was tested on monkeys at first, um, which, you know, it, especially when you're pushing the envelope and really pushing boundaries with technology like this, it is expected. Um, but I, it is also worth mentioning and it's, it's totally understandable. And I think merits serious consideration for this technology and its future. So one thing to consider, of course, is the safety and long-term effects of this technology. So Neuralink needs to address potential risks of tissue damage, infections, uh, other unforeseen consequences of brain stimulation. It's just such a new technology, right? There's not much of a data history on what this technology could do to the brain down the line. So it's going to yeah. be, got to be considered. Truly a new frontier, um, hence why they're building this incredibly specific and powerful machine to do the surgery in the, in the implant. Um, you know, you mentioned the ethical considerations, you talk about privacy, privacy, potential for manipulation, and then also equitable access to this technology that raises a lot of different ethical concerns. Um, I don't envy those, you know, similar to AI, don't envy those who are charged with uh, regulating this, uh, the leaders in the industry, this is a big challenge, but Again, I think worth the experiment and worth the headache. Uh, no 
pun intended there. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And it also, it's not surprising that it involves Elon Musk and controversy follows, right? He's a very polarizing right. figure, whether it's SpaceX, Tesla, Neuralink, or just whatever boring he's doing. Boring company. It, boring company, right? Yeah, we've, we've talked about him a bunch. And he finds himself uh, on the front page, whether for good or for bad, uh, seemingly <laughs> quite frequently, more, more than most. Um, but we actually talked about brain-computer interfaces in the past, and you mentioned this at the top of this breakdown. But we talked about it with Paradromics, which is an Austin-based company working in the space back on episode 71. And we gave a pretty comprehensive overview of competitors in the space. So we talked about Neuralink. We talked about precision neuroscience and others. Um, and just a little bit more of a deep dive of the potential uses. I'm sure we also talked a lot about the ethics and regulatory hurdles that face the space. But taking a step back, all in all, this is one of those spaces within venture capital that is just like, of mind course, blowing. they're mind blowing. And of course, they're <laughs> well, bad pun, but there, there are ethical considerations. And, you know, we've talked about it at length now, but at large, like how could you not think being able to help somebody with quadriplegia or other other of these terrible neurological disorders, being able to help them with cutting edge technology like this, like that's incredible. And some of the sharpest minds in the world, in the country, are working on this exact technology. Like you mentioned, the person you met, um, it, it's just hard to not get excited at large about a technology like this. So exciting. So over our heads. <laughs> like I was speaking to that guy and I was just asking probably like, the dumbest questions to him, but <laughs> questions I was just so genuinely curious about. And, um, you know, that's why we, we, we choose to cover companies like this, knowing we lack the technical expertise and the acumen. Um, but just to, just to say that like, wow, we, we can still be super curious about this and keep tabs on it. So we want to share that with anybody who's also interested. Uh, and that's the beauty of this space is we're truly staying uh, in touch with the cutting edge, um, what may have previously been behind closed doors uh, in government research labs and things like that back in the day is now at the forefront of the private markets. And the beauty of that is more eyes and ears are on it, which can foster more and more innovation and inspire the next generation of innovators. So if we're playing some small part in that, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, that is incredibly well said, partner. That would be a big mission accomplished on our end. And that definitely fired me up and did a good job of summarizing what we love about venture capital and what we're doing with this podcast at large. So kudos to you. Uh, but I think that just about wraps up Venture Pill 101. Our 101st dose feels like we're starting from scratch, right? Dose one yeah. into yeah. the new century mark here. Uh, but as always, we appreciate our listeners. Hope everyone has had a great start to their new year. Hope those resolutions are doing okay. Come on now, let's stay strong. It's too early to be folding <laughs> on those. Um, yep, but, like listening to every dose of VentraPill. Right. Yeah, more of that. <laughs> let's get more of that. <laughs> those resolutions every, going. Sharing every episode on all social <laughs> media channels each day. That's the only <laughs> thing that you'll do on social media. Everything else is complete trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all those you know all those just like main mainstream common resolutions <laughs> yeah right everyone has those everyone thinks about those once in a while hopefully people are leveraging some of those cool startups we've covered in the past right regarding fitness food sleep things like that so regardless whatever you're doing hope everyone's off to a great start to your 2024 
Hope you liked this week's diverse dose of startups, really covered all the bases here, circled the wagon and then some. Uh, And so as always, appreciate your listening and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okie-dokie, that's alright, but wait, I don't know how to do it.